Hello, this is Tammy Lenski, and I have just a quick note for you. The podcast is now named Disagree Better. Rumination, or dwelling on anger or hurt after a conflict, isn't a helpful habit. To stop ruminating at night or any other time, you find yourself dwelling on your distress. Here's a thought exercise to help you stop the endless and potentially harmful loop. Hello, this is Tammy Lenski, and welcome to The Space Between, a podcast about getting better results from our most difficult and important conversations. The space between refers to the figurative terrain between them and us, between where we are and where we want to be, maybe even between who we are and who we want to be when we're in a difficult conversation. And this episode is how to stop ruminating at night and other times too. It's 2 a.m. and you're awake, tossing and turning, while your mind replays yesterday's unpleasant interaction with a colleague at work. The loop plays over and over, your mind chewing on it and trying to do, well, something with it. Maybe you find yourself returning to the loop on your morning jog or while stuck in traffic on the way to work. It just won't go away. There is, after all, a certain righteous comfort in dwelling on how badly or unfairly they treated you. This kind of thought loop is known as rumination, the overattention to one's thoughts and feelings, often about a specific provocation. Disagreements and conflict are classic prompts for rumination. The problem with rumination. Deliberately reflecting on, processing, and figuring out what to do about what happened isn't rumination. Rumination is getting in a mental rut about bruised feelings and thoughts and then stewing about them. Rumination is mentally and emotionally expensive. It's associated with disrupted sleep and higher levels of cortisol, the stress hormone. And it's been shown to keep angry, emotions elevated, and to increase aggression. Brad Bushman, who's an anger researcher, said, rumination is the worst thing that you can do because you're just mentally rehearsing the wrong in your mind. And neuroscientist and author Doug Fields says, We have these biological responses because they are sometimes necessary, but these circuits can misfire, especially in the modern world, an environment our brain was not designed to operate in. Anger and aggression may be provoked inappropriately and in such cases cannot help the situation, but may worsen it. The standard advice to stop ruminating is to snap yourself out of it, to interrupt the loop and redirect your thoughts. There are a number of ways to accomplish this, and I've written about many of them. But your go-to method may not be a good match in the middle of the night, when you really just want to lie there in the dark, not move around or turn the light on to write. And, nighttime aside, your go-to method for interrupting and redirecting your thoughts may not always work, period. Sometimes, that voice in your head needs to be heard, not ignored. Just like a frustrated person you're trying to help who really needs to be seen and understood, not silenced. Safi Bacall, who I'll talk about in a minute, said, instead of making enemies with your thoughts and trying to suppress them, you become partners with them. Sometimes, in other words, briefly embracing that voice in your head is the key to snapping yourself out of it. To stop ruminating at night and other times too, the chairperson of the mind exercise can help. I first heard this exercise described by polymath Safi Bacall. For those of you trained in good listening technique, 
It will sound very familiar, but with a twist. Instead of using your good listening with others, you're using it with the ruminating voice in your head. Rumination is driven by something. There's an important message your ruminating mind wants you to know. Once you acknowledge that, you free yourself from the endless loop. As Safi Bacall said, the reason they're replaying it is you haven't heard them and the they and them is voices in your mind. The reason they're replaying it is you haven't heard them and then they're just going to repeat until they get acknowledged. Once they get acknowledged, you watch them sit down, shut up, they're done. It's amazing the first few times you do that. It's like magic. It's like, wait a minute, that video is not appearing in my head anymore. Oh, that's why I was doing it. You just wanted me to get the freaking lesson and be acknowledged. Now that I got the lesson, it just completely dissipates. The title of Bacall's exercise is a takeoff on chairperson of the board, where you are the chair and the various ruminating voices in your mind are the members of the board. The idea is to speak briefly in your head with each board member to understand their point, make sure they feel fully heard, and then move on to the next, if there is a next. Sometimes there's just one loud ruminator in there. The process goes more or less like this. One, give each ruminating voice a name. I know that sounds weird, but I've found it a useful step for focusing immediately on what that voice is all about. The importance of your job, maybe, or your professional identity, or your love for family. In those examples I just gave, the name might be something like Job Julie, or Mr. Identity, or Family Frank. Two, assume positive intent. Bacall points out that the ruminating voice is trying to be helpful, so thank her or him for getting your attention. Three, give the ruminating voice one to two minutes to say again what it really wants you to know. Four, summarize what you understand the voice is trying to get you to notice. You're looking for the important message or messages it's trying to tell you. Five, ask the ruminating voice if you got it right. This is important. Family Frank or Job Julie may add something you missed or more often, they'll shrug and say, yeah, that's it, you can go to sleep now. Six, move on to the next ruminating voice if there is one. If there isn't, say goodnight and let it go. You can probably do that now. The entire one or two minute conversation in your head might sound something like this. Thanks for raising this with me, Workplace Wendy, because it's been bothering me. I'm just going to listen to you for a minute or so while you say what you want me to hear. Go ahead. Okay, let me summarize what I think you're trying to tell me. I didn't give Matt the benefit of the doubt like I would anyone else, which isn't really fair. And by immediately jumping down his throat about the late report, I escalated the situation. I sometimes get too focused on deadlines when I'd be better served by pausing to let my kind heart itself drive the conversation. Did I get that right? Okay, good. Anything essential that I missed? Okay, good. Thanks again for watching over me. Let's get some rest now. Why this works. I can't claim to know all the cognitive and emotional mechanisms that explain the success of an exercise like chairperson of the mind, but here are a few reasons it works. One, it interrupts the rumination loop. Two, it redirects the loop somewhere productive. Three, it mentally puts the loop in a box, ties it with a bow, and stores it away, signaling completion in your mind. And four, it does all these things without self-criticism or suppression, which are really just second arrows, and that's a reference from Buddhism. The first arrow is the initial pain, 
And the second arrow is the suffering we cause based on our reaction to that initial pain. So next time you want to stop ruminating at night or any other time, give this a try. I can tell you I'm a world-class 2 a.m. ruminator, and I've found it super helpful, as have clients I've taught it to. Thanks so much for listening. Find past episodes and show notes at TammyLensky.com slash podcast. Transcripts of podcast episodes are available at no cost to my subscribers who receive an email each time one is available. You can visit TammyLensky.com slash subscribe. That's T-A-M-M-Y-L-E and is in negotiation, S-K-I dot com slash subscribe.